Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Merry Christmas, or whatever else you may celebrate, because we are all-inclusive. Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Festivus, whatever you do, we here at Biscuits are happy to celebrate it with you, even though it's December 29th, and those holidays, I think, are pretty much all over. But welcome to the show! I am Dave Lozo of Vice Sports and many other places. I am Sean McIndoo of sports and, and many other places and uh, yeah happy holidays to you dave how was how was your christmas man i gotta tell you i have never had a crazier christmas completely true story i got to play one-on-one basketball with lebron <laughs> james and you can probably imagine how it went i dominated his ass i won 11-9 i won by two game over so that was pretty cool how about yours it was oh it was fantastic the kids were well behaved and grateful for all of their gifts and it was it was fantastic and and here we are, days after Christmas, and a bunch of crazy stuff has happened in the world since we last spoke. Feels like it was just minutes ago, but it was it was like two weeks. Seriously, it's been like ten days. Yeah. I've I've missed you so much. I'm I'm glad that we're back here. Yeah. For uh, what is going to be a very special edition, where <laughs> a very special and oddly not time specific in any way edition of year end. No biscuits we are not recording this well in advance so that we could have a clear path to an off week the last week of december no sir we are sticking with the schedule and working hard and for this particular episode of biscuits which i guess technically is episode eight even though we we, we sold it as a separate uh biscuit wars story but we're gonna just answer nothing but mailbag questions we're gonna let you decide the content we've already let you decide the content by soliciting questions and we got some good ones we got some ones as well that maybe aren't so great but we we're not we're not look look you guys are deciding the content so we're gonna we're gonna go with that and um sean got some via email i got some via twitter and like the good um podcast hosts that we are we love we love our readers and we're gonna let our readers uh give us some questions so i'm gonna let sean pick the first one because um, he's in Canada. I'm in I'm in New York, and Canadian Christmas is um, two days away. So uh, <laughs> I'll let you celebrate. Thank you. Uh, yeah, let's. I, I'm going to start with one of the the first ones because this is sort of our year end wrap up, and this is a very good wrap up question. Uh, Jordan wants to know: uh, outside of Tom mm-hmm. Rowe, which person had the best 2016? I'm going to assume he means in the hockey world. Who had the best year 2016? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise. 
otherwise it was a really good year if you're a white supremacist so that was probably we we, 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 we if we want to go if we want to go full on and take it take it out of sports um i don't even know if tom rowe is like the guy i would go to as the best year because it's like i feel like he's his first half of 2016 was pretty sweet but like the last the last couple of weeks the last month or so hasn't been good i mean I would say Phil Kessel. I don't know if anyone's had a better 2016 than Phil Kessel between winning the Cup, winning the Conn Smythe, in my mind, he won the Conn Smythe, and on top of that, he gets left off of Team USA and proceeds to have the best possible tweet regards to him being left off Team USA. So I think he won hockey. I think he won Twitter. And people love to win Twitter. You can't get enough. You won Twitter. So congratulations yeah. to Phil Kessel on that. That's my pick. I'd say Kessel. I think Kessel had the best two. The one thing bigger than winning a Stanley Cup is to win Twitter. Or to win the internet. Right. Which is, I mean, I guess oh, the internet. Even, even better. But yeah, no, I, Phil Kessel was going to be my pick, actually. that Because uh, I, I feel like we went into the year with Phil Kessel was... Like he was Phil Kessel, he was the moody kind of awkward guy that uh, couldn't come through in the clutch and couldn't do this or that, and and was still, you know, had the kind of the stain of the Toronto Maple Leafs on him. And now he's Stanley Cup champion, should have been Conn Smythe winner, uh, and and developed a personality, and and like and and it seems to, uh, you know, have have fit in so well in Pittsburgh. You know, he had his own. HBK line and suddenly he's hanging out with pro wrestlers and like taking photos holding their belts and and stuff like that and people are launching Phil Kessel for president campaigns and uh yeah I I so I I think is this has been the year of Phil and uh uh if I had to yeah other than him Sidney Crosby's the obvious one and you know winning uh so much of what there is out there to win and you know and then the other guy that comes to mind is is Carey Price because he sort of did everything that you could do as an athlete, which is be dominant when you play and then also be absent and have your team just crash and burn when you're not there. You know, th- those are kind of the two things that you uh, you know, that, that really cement a, an athlete. And he had the first half where he wasn't around and the Canadians look like a minor league team. And then he comes back and, and dominates the world cup and, and dominates the season and has, has his team right back at the top. So I'm going to say, yeah, in, Bronze to Carey Price, silver, Sidney Crosby, but the gold medal to Phil Kessel, which is good because he plays for Team USA, so that's the only gold medal he's ever going to have a chance to get. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. I got, it's got some, I got some Pepsi in, uh, stuck <laughs> in my throat there. Yeah, right. um, yeah. Like Phil, you know, it's weird. Phil Kessel and Carey Price kind of had similar years in that regard where when they weren't around – their teams crashed and burned although for Kessel it was Team USA as opposed to the Pittsburgh Penguins so I think Kessel is much deserving of the gold and look at that we're right off the bat we have agreed we have agreed on something look at that Canada and the U.S. coming together I gotta tell you I hope that the NHL goes to the Olympics in 2018 just because I want to see the controversy when Phil Kessel gets left off that roster again and they have to pretend it's not because they had their feelings hurt by a tweet it's gonna be so fun Oh, God. Uh, again, why, why do you continuously ruin things for me that are going to happen in the future? <laughs> no, but this one isn't going to happen. See, the You've NHL isn't going to go to the Olympics because, like, three owners find it inconvenient, and so they're going to screw over millions of fans uh, because that's just how they do business. Okay, let's 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 go to the next one. Let, let's, that didn't make you feel no, better. No, no. 
you, okay. uh, we're, we're we're four minutes into the, to the, to the Rogue One version of our podcast, and and already already you've 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 now you've now Dave is already sad. You've ruined you've ruined the expansion draft. You've ruined you've ruined the MVP debate at the end of the year, and now you've ruined the Olympics in 2018. Oh, God, all right, let's ruin the trade deadline. Steven would like to oh, know. What does he want to know? Other than Jerome McGinley, who is the first big name getting moved at the deadline? Other than Jerome McGinley, who is hmm. who's going to be the big name at this year's trade deadline? How about Ryan Miller? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, like in theory, it should be Mark Andre Fleury or Ben Bishop, who would be, I think, better goalies for a team to go out and get. But that, I'm not convinced that either one of them is going anywhere. But Ryan Miller seems like I mean, that's the classic. One year left on the contract, on a bad team. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. I just don't know where he'd go. Dallas. How about like Dallas? He needs a goalie that would take him, and he'd I be willing to yeah, go there. I, I, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I wrote about this last week. I think I'm trying to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like three weeks ago. Let's just say we'll say it in past tense. I, yeah, I wrote you. You all saw my article that went up uh, about a week ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I can see Ryan Miller going to Dallas. I think that makes sense. It's because you know I I don't think the Dallas Stars want to go out and get a guy who's got a lot of years left. I think if let's say if you're Jim Nill, you send Kerry Leighton and futures whatever draft picks prospects. I, I don't know their system well enough to pick names, but. You send Kerry Layton into Vancouver. You eat a bunch of his salary. The, cap, the the stars do have some cap room, so they could probably make that work. You bring in Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller's your starter. You still have, you know, you you still have Andy Nemi as a, as your backup. Uh, but you got your guy. You've sent the message to the team. This is, you know, we've we've tried to address the issue. And if you're Vancouver, that you know they want to go to to Jacob Markstrom next year, but you know. Kerry Layton has got one year left on his contract. So now, you know, if you eat enough salary, you've got a cheapish backup on a team that's not going to be capped out anyways. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I, I think that can make sense for both teams. I think that works. Like, I can't I can't find a hole. I can't find like another team that would that would. I mean, how about how about this? Oh, I got it. Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, why? <laughs> why would Buffalo? Well, like, all right. Want a goaltender? Let's say Robin Leonard isn't working out. Let's say they, their their goaltending situation is not great, and they're they're on the cusp. They're they're five points out of the playoffs with you know twenty five games to go. It's it's February twenty sixth. The dollars work. The situation works. It's like a. It's almost like a. It's it, this could be Ryan Miller's last season. Who knows? It, he he comes back. It's like his last great hurrah. He makes a push to the playoffs with the Sabers. He goes out on top the first round. First round of the playoffs, he beats Montreal. He out he outduels Carey Price in the first round. I I I I I, I take it back. I have found the better place, Buffalo for Ryan Miller. That's not bad. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. That's yeah. That yeah. That, yeah maybe. I, I mean, hockey. They, we love our homecomings. Yes. We love those guys. <sighs> come back to save the team. I I mean, my problem is I I think that's contingent on Buffalo being close to the playoffs at, at deadline time I'm not convinced that they will be but yeah that's you know that's not terrible and then who does Dallas go out and get well as we sit here today Buffalo's won four in a row right I mean we can we can assume that right <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right did you see the boy that crazy highlight from their last game it was wild Jack, wow. Jack Eichel something Jack Eichel with five goals in a game I mean who could have I mean who, who would have ever saw that coming that's a great job for that kid good good American kid all right how about this one could have imagined that, yeah, I'm, 
Okay, go ahead. Hit me with another one. This this is from this is from Dan Straight Edge, who goes by the Twitter name King Lid. Oh, it's hashtag King Lid. I'm sure that means something. That could be like a sex thing. I have no idea. King Lid. I don't know. But his question is, what's been the best thing about being an American this year? And what's been the best thing about being a Canadian this year? I'm assuming the best thing about being a Canadian this year is that you're not American. Yeah, he, I, <laughs> I, it's it's. I don't think we. I don't think we even really need the Canadian perspective. <laughs> fast. What what is the best thing about being? Uh, <sighs> the best thing about being Canadian is is we win everything except the Stanley Cup, and we're still probably going to exist as a nation in another year or two. Yeah, assuming you guys let us. That's that's like that's got to be such a, like a weird like comforting thing is to know that like your republic won't crumble in the next two years. Like everything's gonna be great for yeah. That's true though. I guess if if we do our thing down here, it's going to. That's always the best thing too about Canadians when they make fun of America. Like Trump, Trump. It's like buddy, you know this is gonna affect you, right? We share a border. You're you're <laughs> you're gonna be in trouble too. Best thing about being an American. Oh my god! I think we legalize weed in a lot of places. That's pretty good, right? How many states? Tim Barnes is our producer. He's, he would he would know this. Tim, how many states have we legalized weed in this year? I don't know. It's, it's quite a bit. I feel like I feel like it's probably like we're up to like 30, 35 or something like that. I, I'm going to go with weed. I feel like weed's legal in a lot of places, and my God, do we need it the next four years. That's pretty much all you need to know about the state of America in <laughs> 2016. Phil Kessel and weed. That's and it. That's it. That's the only two things I need to get by. It's not bad. I don't know. What else? What else we got in the bag? Uh... This, uh, this is this is not a bad one. Dan uh, wants to know. His question is: What are your first round playoff predictions slash dream matchups? And I, I'm going to say let's let's skip the predictions because I, you know, the, it's still so far out. Yeah. But what are the? It's never too early to start looking ahead at potential matchups. Like, what are the best playoff matchups that are within the realm of possibility right now? The problem is the Atlantic doesn't match up the way we want it to like i don't see a scenario where we get montreal boston right but you could get in the metro like you could get a philadelphia pittsburgh matchup how about this pittsburgh philadelphia in the first round new york washington in the first round then we get pittsburgh washington in the second round and pittsburgh breaks washington's heart again like i feel like that's always a fun, fun. underrated thing when a team loses to another team over and over and over again <laughs> I feel like this could be the series where Washington blows the three nothing lead. Like I feel like we've got three decades of history that have been building up to that moment, and and I could see that. Like I think that's the best case scenario for the Eastern Conference right now. Because you're right. I mean, apologies to Columbus who we kind of left out there, but yeah, we we got to cross them over to the Atlantic. And I think any great matchup in the Atlantic has to go through Montreal. You need either Montreal, Boston, Montreal, Ottawa could be okay. Montreal-Toronto would be amazing, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. But none of those work as long as Montreal stays in, stays in first. So I think, yeah, the, the, our, our hope for the Eastern Conference is in the Metro. Totally. Like, actually, Montreal could play Washington. Montreal, we could have, we could have the Halak um, rematch or revenge game, I guess, for Montreal-Washington in the first round. That could be, yeah, that's not good. There's, yeah, that yeah, that yeah. could be okay. Or the, or the other one that could happen is, is and it would take a bit of a drop, but if, if Pittsburgh dropped down to the wild card and played Montreal, the Sidney Crosby plays in Montreal thing mm. would, would go insane. All right. I'm on that board would there. Be fun. That would be fun. Like it, like his regular season games in Montreal are, are 
kind of like national news up here. So that would be that that could be fun. But yeah, no, I think I think it's the the metro that's driving that one. Uh, out west, I don't, there's some good ones out west. I think we could still get. Oh, there's a any lot. Of the, any combination of the California teams is a great series, pretty much automatically, and then that seems like a good chance. The one that jumps out at me, and and you gotta, uh, you know, th- this one's this one's very iffy, but with with the Pacific being up for grabs the way it seems to be, uh, could you get an Edmonton Calgary first round series? Oh, for sure. Uh, look, here's the, the the West sets up way better for four really good matchups because. Minnesota-St. Louis could be a really good matchup that happens. I mean, it's not a big rivalry, I don't guess, but like, or I don't think, but like, that's a that would be a really good matchup. Then in the Pacific, everything's so tight together in the Pacific that you can get a first-round matchup of San Jose-Anaheim in the first round, and then Calgary comes up and plays Calgary and Edmonton in the 2-3 game. And then it's not really a rivalry. It's not a Norris Division game, but you could have Chicago-LA in the first round. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Chicago, LA, that that series they had a couple years ago was was probably the best playoff series I've ever seen. Which one? The the, conf- the conference the final one. Yeah. yeah, the the overtime, the year that. Uh, so I guess that was the year that LA won. That was the year they beat the Rangers in twenty. Alec Martinez had the game winner in overtime. No, he was. Yeah. No, no, no. Who had the game winner in was the, it was an overtime goal in Game Seven of that series? Was that Alec Martinez? Yeah, too? it was. It was Alec Martinez had both. He had both the series winners. Yeah, it was two thousand fourteen. That was. And there was the game five where they played like double overtime and the entire first period, like it was just back and forth, no stoppages, no deep. Like it, it looked like they were playing three on three, but it was five on five playoff hockey. That was the one of the best stretches I've ever seen. Like I'm not I'm not sure it would work quite as well as a first round matchup, but right. I think that would be, yeah, that, that would be excellent. We, we kind of need LA to hang down in the wild card and end up crossing over. But I think with Jonathan Quick out, that's... That's a possibility, I, and that would be a very LA thing to do. Just show up, hang late. out, come <laughs> in at the number eight seed, and then go up again and go and go and beat the Blackhawks. Here's here's my concern, though. Like I like all the other. Like there's so many good. I think there's way better potential for matchups in the West that we're all gonna like. But Chicago, LA is gonna be good. But my fear is it's gonna be like, okay, for years we had really good Chicago, LA matchups, great teams. It's going to be like there were the first two seasons of Arrested Development, and we love those seasons. We love to go back and watch those episodes. They're hilarious, and they're great. And then like eight years later, they were like, hey, let's do some stuff on Netflix. It'll be hilarious. And it was like super sad and not as good. And we're going to watch those and be like, oh, God, this totally taints the Chicago L.A. series from 2014. Why do they have to do this? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. It'd be like, a, yeah, like two heavyweight boxers having like the rematch five years later. <laughs> Like Anchorman yeah, too. Can move around. Yeah. No, it it could be. But you know what? I I take a shot at it because I still feel like that would be uh, that would be a good one. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. The West is almost everything lines up pretty well as a matchup, especially if you get that Edmonton Calgary because you know with Jerome McGinley being heavily involved after his tr- his shocking trade to Alberta, <laughs> that would be all sorts of fun. Plus, I mean, that's that's kind of the one thing. Like, if you're an Oilers fan, you haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. Like, almost any any end to the season that involves you making the playoffs, you're happy with, unless you run into Calgary and they beat you. And, like, you got to watch, like, Johnny Gaudreau score 
do the Theo flurry and uh, <laughs> score the overtime goal that beats you. Uh, that's like the one way that you could end the season on a sour note. And sour Edmonton Oilers fans are the most entertaining hockey fans out there. So, so like on Twitter, I was like, "Hey, we and me and me and DGB are looking for some some year end questions. Fire some year end questions at me and him." And somebody replied and said, "Best movie, Rogue One. Worst movie, Suicide Squad. Best impersonation, Alec Baldwin as Trump." What, what, what are you doing? Like that's not a question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <That's- laughs> Yeah, as far as hockey questions go, that one is neither a question or about hockey. But other than that, you nailed it. That's Good like job. Per, like like I feel like if you just put a question mark at the end of it, it's like okay, I I guess sure. Uh, I agree. I agree with that person. How about Seth and Nick? I like Seth and Nick in your email. He's he's he want these these. Seth, I feel like yes, people this are turning. Too- They're turning against Detroit. They are, and and this is this was Seth and Nick. This was both on Facebook. I should have checked and seen where these fans are like if they're in Detroit or if they're Red Wing fans or or if not but they both asked a very similar question Seth says is this finally the year when Ken Holland realizes he's run the run the Red Wings into the ground and finally starts a rebuild Nick asks since Ken Holland has been around forever does that mean he gets to sacrifice uh, Jeff Blazel to save his own tail even though it's his decisions that dug the hole for Detroit so basically two different ways of saying are, are we officially turning on Ken Holland and the, the Ken Holland era in Detroit? Because this is the guy, like, we, we talked about this in one of the earlier episodes. This was the untouchable for so many years, the one GM that nobody could say anything bad about. And I feel like Detroit fans were ahead of the curve on this and, and started to turn far earlier than anyone else in the hockey world kind of noticed. Uh, but, yeah, is it, it, it could, could this be the end of the Ken Holland era in Detroit? At least as GM, if they miss the playoffs, for sure. I think it'll be like it'll be like New Jersey with Lou Lamarillo, will where they they bring in a new GM and they bump him up. You know, the the Dale Talon yeah. re, reassignment type of a thing, and then maybe he'll go somewhere else. But oh man, yeah. if hockey, the way the hockey media handled Dale Talon getting bumped <laughs> upstairs, I can only imagine. Good Lord, Ken Holland, that's going to be the end of it. But yeah, I, I, I don't see how they can fire Jeff Blaschel and then keep Kenny Holland because everything's been sort of building to this over the years where these are all his guys. Like he's right. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm with, I'm with Seth and Nick. If they miss the playoffs, I think it's, I think it's time to go in a different direction. But the, but the one thing that, and this is the, the tricky thing with Detroit is you look at them where they are, you know, let, let's assume they miss the playoffs. It's an older team, not much of a prospect pipeline, couple of good young players, but, but not, you know, not what we're used to where Detroit always seems to have some, you know, some superstar coming out of the sixth round. Normally you'd go, okay, this is, it's rebuild time. It, this, it's time to start over. You got great fans there. They understand how it works. They'll, they'll stay behind you. But the thing with Detroit is they got a new arena coming and they've got an owner who's like 90 years old. And I, you know, neither one of those things really adds up to patiently starting a rebuild. Yeah. right now so i you know i i wonder you know is there is there an appetite to do that like i can't picture them firing ken holland like there's got to be like you say like the lou lamarillo where they 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 promote him um while handing handing over to someone else but like i don't feel like right now there's a real like heir apparent in the detroit front office like the, for a time there that they had steve eisman they had jim nill I'm not sure who who that guy is right now, so I don't know. I don't know what the succession plan is, or if there is one. You know, it's going to be really funny. 
it's going to be really funny when people listen to this and Ken Holland got fired on December 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll come back and we'll, if that happened, just understand that we're, this whole conversation was done ironically. Yes. Right. We're doing satire. <laughs> it's, it was a clever satire of what the world would be like if Ken Holland was still a respected and employed GM. Yeah. Like they're 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 in such a shitty spot because like they can't they have so many good young guys they can't tear it down they have like Pavel Dotsuk screwed them and said I'm out of here I'm I'm not playing my last year here so they can't even like take him and trade him for something that they could use in the future Henrik Zetterberg has yeah. got some legs left but besides him and Nick Cronwall there's not a lot of like chips on that team to do a rebuild well and the other thing is the guys they have are all signed on these super long term yeah. deals like there's not a lot of expiring contracts that were. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one. Yeah, everybody everybody loses their fastball at some point. Unlike us, who are elite people at podcasting and what we exactly. do. Yeah, actually, that brings us to the next the the, the next question. Kind of it, it it bridges this from the old question is from Zach. Who would you like to see traded by the deadline that won't be? Who would you like to see stay with the same team that you think will be traded? I, I, I don't want to see anybody stay with the same team because <laughs> I'm sick of GMs not trading, and I would be happy if literally everybody in the league got traded. But let me – who would you like to see traded by the deadline that won't be? I'll throw a name out there that I think would be all sorts of fun to see them in play at the deadline, and they're on an expiring contract. They're on a bad team. It should all line up perfectly, but I could just see this being one of those things where the team decides not to move the guy. But uh, how much fun would a Yammer Jagger sweepstakes be? Oh yeah, at the trade deadline. But they won't though. Like even if they're four points out, like they'll they'll still ride that thing into the ground. Like that's not. They'll gonna... find it. Well, even then, the, you know, it'll be well that uh, we can't move him. Or, you know, he and, and Jagger seems like he's like one of those weird guys where he'd be happy to spend his last season not chasing a Stanley Cup. I mean, he's got two Stanley Cup rings, but. They're 25 years ago. Like I feel like that shouldn't count anymore. <laughs> I feel like we should all just start talking about Yammer Jaeger not having a, a Stanley Cup championship, uh, and and maybe maybe he'll forget. He's old. I could see that working. But I yeah, I'd love to see that that bidding war break out, and and you know whether whether Dale Talon was making the deal or whether it was one of the computer boys. I mean, oh, that would be so much fun. But you know, I it, some. President Trump won't allow it to happen. He'll. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. He'll prevent, now that he's now that he's in with the Florida Panthers, he'll he'll prevent them from, from moving a national treasure in Yarmer Jaeger. Like I, I feel like the fact that he won his Stanley Cups during the original six era, they shouldn't count. Like those old Montreal Cups. Like everyone's like, Montreal's got thirty Bears championships. It's like, well, they won like you know all of them pretty much when yeah. there were six teams in the league. All right, my guy, my guy that I want to see traded that won't be for many reasons is Henrik Zetterberg because he's thirty six. 
He still has some skill. He still has. He can still play. But my God, that contract is so bad. There's no one in the league that's going to take that contract. Do you do you know how many years he has left at this point? He's got like. Doesn't he go to like 2021 or something like that? At 6.1 million. That's insane. Eesh. Like Kenny. Ah, oh, Kenny. Ah, oh, what'd you do, that's, Kenny? It feels like Ken Holland signed everyone to contracts where like he assumed he would only be GM until like 2014. <laughs> and now he's still there and he's like, what do I got to do to get fired in this place? Because I don't really want to deal with like Justin Abelgator's contract for five more years or, or whatever. Yeah, they're they're in bad shape. That's not <laughs> that's not a great like, you know, I, I don't know. Like if they don't have someone ready to step in, like that's not a job where I think too many people are going to be lined up. I'm just picturing I'm just picturing Kenny Holland like going into the going into um Mike Gillich's office and being like, fire me. No, I'm not gonna fire you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well guess what? Justin Applicator's got a six year deal now. God damn it, Kenny. You you just gave Danny the Kaiser six years. Well, it's up to you, man. Fire me, pizza man. He's like, Nope, I'm not gonna fire you. <laughs> oh God. I I really hope he refers to his owner as Pizza Man. <laughs> that would be uh you know, I've got one more question here that uh, I feel like we need to to tackle this one. Uh, I don't think this was on the list I sent you, and I I I sort of wanted to to just ignore it, but it's it's important, <laughs> and I feel like we have to deal with it. Okay. Uh, my my good pal Sarah, my former editor at Grantland, she sent this question uh, via GChat. She says, "I have a question for your podcast mailbag. Can you explain why in the biscuits logo, the first I in the word biscuits?" is a hockey-playing ice cream sandwich. <laughs> and you know what? It is. It totally is. I don't, I, like, I, I, I don't know if people have seen the logo. It's a good logo. It's a good logo. Like, it's a great logo. The, the little guy with like the eyes and the hockey stick. And, and like there's a good attention to detail because he's even kind of got like a hockey rink design on him. But he, yeah, he's an ice cream sandwich. Well, let me ask he's you. He's definitely not a biscuit. Wait, let me let me just throw this back at, at Sarah. What goddamn problem does she have with an ice cream sandwich? How dare she? Ice cream sandwiches are great. We we had this conversation, and and her confusion is the fact that the podcast is called Biscuits, and yet the little anthropomorphic logo is not actually a biscuit. And she actually explained to me she. She thought her original theory was that it was like a Canadian thing that like we call ice right. cream sandwiches biscuits, uh, but we don't. Uh, I just I just never looked at it that closely. Uh, and, but but here's here's my theory. I'm gonna put this I'm, I'm gonna put this out there. I think maybe that little guy is an ice cream sandwich, but I think maybe his name is biscuits. Ah, yes. Like you know, like kind of like how the like the Cleveland Browns. You're like why like new fans are like why are they called the Browns if their helmets are orange and but it's because the name of the owner was was brown like I feel like it's that I feel like that little guy is biscuits the ice cream sandwich and that's why it's acceptable for him to remain as the angry anthropomorphic hockey stick wielding logo of this podcast. God, I never thought of that. Like I look at that logo like all the time when I check like the the rankings and stuff on iTunes and I see the logo and I never. I just thought it was like a little hockey rink dude, and now, now I now I see an ice cream sandwich. Yeah, he's 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 clearly an ice cream sandwich, but he has a name, and his name is Biscuits. Tim wants to know if it's like an Oreo. <laughs> see, it it could be, but even that, I mean, 
that's that's a cookie. That's not a biscuit. Right? <laughs> I mean, let's. I don't know what. I'm I'm not an artist. I don't know how you would draw a biscuit, but I I don't think, I don't think that's it. So you know, we went ice cream sandwich, and you know, he's a he's a good dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah, please, you know, don't don't attack him just because he doesn't meet your preconceived beliefs of what a hockey logo should look like, Sarah. Yes, Sarah. Stop biscuit shaming biscuits. Bis- Leave bis- biscuits alone. Biscuits is trying. You know what's funny is on on the Puck Soup podcast I do, um, we have a logo as well, and it's supposed to be a bowl of soup with like a puck in it, but the puck is an asterisk, and it's you know all kinds of like art stuff. Literally, I've probably gotten fifty replies on Twitter that asks why our logo is a toilet bowl. So I feel like having having two podcasts <laughs> where the logos are questionable to the people is just it's just it's on brand for me at this point. I, I I'll take an ice cream sandwich over over a toilet bowl anytime. I think. Well, it depends on depends on how much ice cream you've had at that point. Before. Sometimes in that order. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on that note, let it never be said that we don't handle the tough questions here on our holiday themed versions of the biscuits podcast. All right. I think we have time for a couple more here. I'm, like sure. right now, right now I'm in the vice. I'm in the vice studio. You're up in Ottawa, and I think we have the room for another ten minutes, and no one's tapping on the glass at this point. So. Here's here's one from uh, Ray Brinston. It was only addressed to me. For some reason, he didn't CC you on it, probably because all your articles are great. But what's the worst and what's the best article that you've written in 2016? Which one did you mail in? Which which one did you send in and just say, ah, oh, this sucks. Why why did I do this? <laughs> probably a couple from the next few weeks. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh boy. Yeah, I, I'll let you answer first because I'm going to kind of think back. I'm trying to th- think on if there's anything that i've written that like just blew up so spectacularly um and, and turned out completely wrong my, my favorite thing for sure was the thing i wrote for vice thankfully it's on point with the vice podcast like actually my favorite thing i wrote was for espn no well, actually espn and vice are like partners now so i feel like we're all in bed together but um it was definitely the thing i wrote about the chicago blackhawks where i was just pissed off and sick and tired of the blackhawks where I believe I compared their team to a dilapidated dildo factory at one point in this story. <laughs> I was just, it was so funny. I was coming back, I was coming back from a devil's game and I was emailing with Chris about like what stuff I was going to write for the next week. And like I gave him some ideas and Chris is great. Chris always has good ideas where I'm like, oh yeah, this is good. Like I feel it's great because like when you have an editor who gives you bad ideas all the time, you have to always be like, no, I don't think I want to do that. Like Chris was like, hey, the Blackhawks have won seven in a row. You know, what about something related to that? And I was just like, I read the I read the email on my phone. I was sitting on the train, and I was like, the fucking Blackhawks have won seven in a row again. How they suck? Why are they still good? I'm sick of this team. And so I just wrote back. I'm like, can I just like rip into the Blackhawks for like 1,200 words? He was like, go crazy. And so I wrote that where I basically I just I just went off on the Blackhawks for just a good solid you know 15 minutes of reading time. And so two weeks ago, this is a true story. I was out at a bar. And somebody came up to me and said, "Hey, are you are you Dave Lozo?" And you know, this this could go either way at this point. And I was like, uh, "Yeah, what's going on?" He's like, "Oh, hey, man, you know, I read your stuff. I listen to your podcast. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan." I was like, "Oh, thanks a lot. I pre- this happened by the way. This happens like once every two years. This isn't like a common occurrence when I go out in New York City at all." So I'm just like, "Oh, thanks, man." He's like, "But I wanted to talk to you about your Chicago Blackhawks thing." And right away, I'm like, "Oh no, Blackhawks fan. He's gonna want to fight me." He goes, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really hilarious. But, like, I feel like you don't really give them the credit for bringing fans into the game. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm, I'm a Devils fan. And I basically became a Devils fan because I watched the Blackhawks, you know, in 2010 and all the years they won the Cup because they were so good. 
and I decided to start liking the Devils, you know, first of all, the obvious question is, why would you like the Devils if the Blackhawks were so good? Don't pick the Devils at this point, my friend. But his his argument was just like, yeah, it was really great, but I just wanted to let you know that, that the Blackhawks basically made me a hockey fan, so you shouldn't discount that. So in terms of people, like, in, enjoying the story, like, I got a lot of replies from, like, Blackhawks fans that were like, I'm a Blackhawks fan, but this is pretty good. And finding out from somebody in public who read it that they that the Blackhawks inspired them, it I would say for sure in the last 365 days, that's probably the thing I enjoyed writing the most and probably got the most positive feedback. Although a couple of Blackhawks fans did tell me to kill myself, so it was a it was a balance. Wow, only a couple, just a couple. That's a, yeah. 20, 22. <laughs> Public interactions with readers never is never a positive. That never goes well. No, he was good. He was nice. He was a nice guy. He just it was just we were at a bar and it was it was it was fine. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I have anything that, that matches up with that. I'm looking through it. My preseason I got to do a preseason Stanley Cup pick for Sportsnet where they lump me in with their insiders. So it's like Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnson and all these people who actually know what they're talking about and, and I got to do my preseason Stanley Cup picks and I picked Tampa Bay over Dallas in the Stanley Cup final and as of as we're recording this both of those teams are outside of the playoffs so I managed to pick two teams that uh, n- you know n- mm. not only probably won't go to the final but I, I might manage to go 0 for 2 on a preseason pick for uh, Stanley Cup uh, finals teams even making the playoffs and I got to do it uh, with my name right up against a bunch of other people who <laughs> actually do have good reputations in this in this league and that's when you're going to hear about in like june too people are going to like at you on that all throughout june when not that's always the worst that. whenever you tweet something and like you see people just favoriting it yeah. and you're like i know what you're doing i know what you're doing right now like you're not interacting with me in any way you didn't retweet it you're not replying you're just filing this away i know it's gonna happen and yeah inevitably that we we hear from them a guy did that to me recently too. After the after the Vegas um, placeholders screwed up their entire reveal of their team name, like there was a tweet or like a quote from Bill Foley that was like, "We promise you on opening night, it's not going to be like this." And so I like manually retweeted it and put, "I'm going to remember this when they lose seven nothing." And some guy manually retweeted that and pinned it to his profile and said, "I'm saving this for next year." Oh, wow. Like, like really, really? He pinned it to his profile. Like, okay, that sounds like somebody who doesn't know how pinning works on. <laughs> This is my only way I can save this. I'm going to leave it here. No, he's leaving it there so he can own me next October when like oh, Vegas. He's going to own you so hard. Oh, God. But going to be super owned. But that, that, that was your worst thing. You don't have a favorite thing that you wrote this year? You got to have something. You have great content. Uh, you know, it's like asking me to choose my favorite children. <laughs> you have your favorite in, children. Though. In that I totally have one, but I, <laughs> I feel bad saying it out loud. Uh, my worst thing for sure. They might hear. My, my, I wrote a I wrote a thing on the Florida Panthers on like July 9th or July 15th whenever they had done all their moves and like I really felt like I had a point when I started writing it and then like I got to the end of it and it was like 2400 words and it was just like like what's the synopsis is this good is this bad like all the you know Ekblad extension Riley Smith Trocheck the mares the trades the Kulikov all this stuff you know changing their GMs and I got I had I had all this insight onto each thing and I'm like I feel like it's this I feel like it's that and I got to the end and it was just so basically it was like the emoji with like the guy's hands up in the air that's it that's it that's I got to the end of that and I was like I feel bad that yeah. I made everybody read this 
That wasn't good. That's nice. I think my I think my very favorite thing I wrote all year was in the summer. I wrote a piece for sport. Like if if you're in the hockey writing business, the summer is just death. Like when uh, I say summer, I'm talking like August. Yeah, it's just the worst. There's nothing going on. And I wrote a piece where I uh, I feel like this is like the definitive kind of down goes brown type of content because I went and did a authoritative ranking of all 22 celebrity captains from the 1991 NHL season which was the year that the NHL made every team pick like one celebrity to be its captain for some reason. Oh, like we're off Machio uh, and stuff. I remember and that. I went, yeah. Yeah. He was up and I went and did like a, a definitive, like 22 through one ranking. Cause it was, it was, it was fun. Cause a lot of teams like took it seriously and picked a quasi celebrity. And some teams you could tell were just like, no, like the flyers just grabbed like someone who was at the game at the time. And they're like, you're the, you're our celebrity <laughs> captain. And it was great because you know, it, not only did I did I get to 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 uh, uh, to go through that weird bit of history and rank them, but like I then got angry replies from people. No, and the angriest was because the 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 one that I ranked last, dead last, uh, was the Montreal Canadiens picked Maurice Richard as their celebrity captain. And I what? love Maurice Richard, but you can't you can't pick a hockey player <laughs> like that's the most Montreal Canadiens thing ever. Oh, that's to annoying. Be like, we can't. We can't think of any other celebrities other than someone who played for us. And I put that last. And, yeah, there were a lot of Canadians fans who thought that was very disrespectful and 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 were very upset. And, and then, like, others felt that I, like, mischaracterized Burton Cummings and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was... Burton Cummings! That's always good. <laughs> so, I'd say that was right up there. Yeah, that's 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 quality DGV content, man. They, they, like they could have picked Jay Baruchel at that point, right? Ninety two. What was he? He was probably like seven years old. He probably had some sort like, of like child. Gotta be career. like. I mean, you're telling me Celine Dion wouldn't have taken that? Come on, right. Ninety two yeah, was there, but they just they wouldn't, and they do the same thing now. Like that was because it was for the seventy fifth anniversary. The NHL could make him do it again. Montreal would would pick like Jean Beliveau or something like that, and just refuse to to actually partake in the same activity that everyone else is god god i hate this sport so much i hate it so much it's so frustrating all right i think we're out of questions we have any more i mean i i I don't think we're out of questions but i feel like new year's resolutions new year's resolutions tim barnes wants wants us to talk about our new year's resolutions boy drop that on us at 401 p.m while we're clearing out of the room, Sean, what's your what are your, some of your New Year's resolutions that you're going to say I'm first? While I'm going to try, I'm going to try very hard to be slightly more positive about the <laughs> NHL. Not not the NHL itself, because you know what? Screw the NHL. I don't work for the NHL. They have a PR department. They they have people who they pay to be positive about them. That's sure. it's not my job. But I'm going to try to. There is good and bad in every sport, and I'm going to try to find the good a little bit more. Uh, if if only to use that to get you excited and happy and then crush your spirits by <laughs> by dropping the negative on you at the last minute. Wow. Well, that's good, though. So at least you're still bringing negativity with your positivity. So it's not really sure. And, I, and, you know, it's a resolution. I'm going to break it four days into the into the year. But what's my nice thought? What's my resolution for 2017? What can I do better besides everything in my life? 2017. Um, I don't want to cook more. That's not a thing I want to do. What ways could I could I better myself and the people around me? Like positive attitude. Eh, I feel like my attitude is 
is is whatever it should be based on the current situation that I find myself in. How about uh, maybe I should run more? I don't know. I kind of run a decent amount already. That's not a good one. I attend a lot of hockey games. Can't really attend more. I don't know. What's yours, Tim Barnes? What's your resolution? Resolution? Uh, oh, you don't have one, Mister. <laughs> I'm trying to get you guys to talk about your New Year's resolutions. Um, my New Year's resolution is to submit my invoices to Vice Sports on time and correctly the first time, so that Caitlin Kelly doesn't have to track me down on the fifth of the month every month to try to get me to to put the right thing in the right column, so her life is better. So there you go. That that's my. Yeah. That's my resolution, because, but mostly because Caitlin's sitting right outside the window right now as I talk, and I'm desperate for an answer so we can sign off and go home and continue our lives. So there it is. My, my, my goal in life is to, in 2017 is to submit invoices to editors and media companies in a more timely fashion. How sad is that? What a sad fucking resolution that is. <laughs> <laughs> aim high, man. Yeah. Always aim high. Yeah. Well, on that note... Um, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. I want to say thank you to to everyone, to Tim Barnes for providing us with a wonderful setup and questions for for us to to use here. Um, I love doing the podcast. I love coming in here. I'm thankful to to Vice for all that. I'm thankful to all the listeners and readers who read and listen to the podcast. And uh, hopefully, we will continue doing this throughout the season. And hopefully, we will continue to provide entertainment for you people and by you people i mean hockey fans and that's how I, that's how i refer to you is you people wonderful on that note everybody have a happy new year sean happy holidays yep no, no you you're 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 in the middle of giving a beautiful goodbye but we, <laughs> i we, was but we, we, we couldn't hear you over here so we thought <laughs> we lost you <laughs> all right let's keep going it's fine screw it screw <laughs> it <No. laughs> Yeah, on that note, everybody have a <laughs> happy new year. Happy holidays. Yeah, all that stuff. And uh, all that all that stuff. And, and imagine me saying something profound here. <laughs> it's it was, from the heart. It was great. Like, you suddenly popped back in and you were like, and then Jesus once <laughs> said. <laughs> like, oh, we didn't realize you were still talking. All right. So on that note, on that note goodbye, everybody. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll catch up again in 2017. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 